The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here, and we are back for part two of our interview and conversation with McKinney Smith. Let's jump in and hear all about how McKinney centers joy in her professional life. I've been a rider, okay, so we're back with McKinney Smith. We had this great conversation about opting out of struggle and how you've been able to do that, McKinney, and opt into this life of abundance. It sounds like great success and more importantly, ease. You talked about last time that you don't work seven days um, a week. You work three times, three days a week and the success that you've had from that. And so I want to pack some of that again, too. I want us to go all the way back to something you said uh, in our first episode when you were introducing yourself. And that was that when you became an entrepreneur, you burned out almost instantly, quite quickly because of the behaviors that you were doing. And I love talking about this topic, particularly I'm also an entrepreneur, but I think that there's some things about entrepreneurship that if we're not careful can be tied to struggle. Mm -hmm. Particularly, I think black women disproportionately work harder than anyone. I mean, I don't know very many black women. I live in a major metropolitan city. Uh, in the D.C. area, and everybody got a side hustle. Their side hustle got a side hustle. They got a full-time <laughs> job, a side hustle, and a side hustle. And you're like, when are you sleeping? I, yeah. I, And I admit to being that person for a time. I was very decisive. I knew I was going to get out of that and get into entrepreneurship. But for a while, it was like, how are people doing this? I'm out here, like, just you're in struggle because you're just... And then people who work for entrepreneurs, they think, oh, I'm going to work for myself. It's going to be perfectly fine. And they, in many ways, the, the freedom, that the, the tr- entrapment or the prison they felt working for somebody else, they then create for themselves mm-hmm. in their own business. So yeah. it's like we leave being like, ah, deuces to you. Uh, you've, this has been terrible. I'm going to go find myself. I'm not burning out. I'm going to work for me. And then people six months, a year, two years later are like in a puddle like I very much was working for somebody else because we've just brought struggle into the entrepreneurship game. So yeah. I would just like to first have your response and thoughts responding to that concept as someone who's a successful entrepreneur, but had some growing pains, like I think everybody does, yeah. what that journey was for you. When did you realize, is, does, does that actually, does that resonate with you, what I just said, and how your journey has been to like recognizing, oh yeah, that, that was me and this is, <laughs> this is what I had to do to get out of it. Yeah, totally resonate with what you just said. I mean, I went from being a stay-at-home mom for almost five years straight into entrepreneurship. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this because I want to avoid the nine to five because I want to be able to do things with my kids and instead went into the 24-7. So so at first, like I said, in our previous conversation, I was saying yes to everything. I didn't have any boundaries. When I first became an entrepreneur, I was a full-time real estate agent and I would drop the kids off to school and go straight to the office for the day. 
and then I would pick the kids up from school, make dinner, and then go back out and be showing clients. And on weekends, I'm doing open houses. And, you know, at night after the kids go to bed, I'm looking up properties. I was working 24-7. There was no sleep involved. There was no boundaries involved. I remember being out with my partner and we were at Chuck E. Cheese with the kids and I had to leave to go next door to go, you know, deal with a client at a coffee shop to finish a real estate deal. Like there was no, there was no boundaries for me back then. I didn't understand. I was like, I have to do this because I need the money. My, my mindset was that I don't have a choice. My mindset was that if I don't do this, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to make any money because I don't have a biweekly paycheck. And I had to, and I, and I believe it was when I came out of real estate where I had to basically say to myself, okay, this is not sustainable because like I mentioned in the previous um, conversation, being diagnosed with fibromyalgia and I was having so many flare-ups where I couldn't function. And if you can't function because real estate was an industry that if you, like you basically get paid for the work that you put in. And if I couldn't work, then I can't get paid. So when I was dealing with the fibromyalgia flare-ups and realizing that I couldn't keep up the level of energy that I was putting into building a business as an entrepreneur, that I needed to figure some other things out, it was after I met Bob Proctor and had that mindset shift where I realized that there were other ways that I could earn a living and not be killing myself. There were things that I could say no to that didn't align with my core values or my mission or my goals. And that would give me more energy and time to say yes to the things that did. And when I started setting boundaries within my schedule and within, I guess, what I said yes to, because if it wasn't a heck yes, it was a hell no, that gave me more time in my schedule. That gave me more time for self-care. That gave me more time to say yes to the opportunities that did align with what I was trying to do. And when I learned that money was a reward for service. So, in you know, previously when I was in the struggle life, I was like, I need these clients because I need to make money. I need these clients because I need to make money. Also understanding the energy that we put behind things that when I was approaching clients, they could sense that energy that came from desperation, scarcity mindset. Yes. But when I switched to the abundance mindset and my focus is no longer I need that money. I need that money is how can I help this person? How can I be of service? The money came. So the struggle <laughs> in itself kind of became less. And then when I looked at my calendar and it's like, okay, I'm working seven days a week here, single mom of three, like this is affecting my ability to date. This is affecting my ability to have fun with friends. I was like, how, how can I shift this? So I was like, I started with, okay, I'm no longer working weekends. And then Monday to Friday, I'm like, I'm still tired. I'm like, you know what? I'm only taking clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So now my Mondays and my Fridays are flexible, whether I want to do business stuff or personal stuff. I have that flexibility, but I don't feel tied to the work that I do to feel exhausted all the time. So on top of, I guess, becoming an essentialist within my business, it helped in my personal life and my business because it gave me more energy and time. Um... And then shifting my mindset on my perspective of um, the energy behind the struggle, I guess. Um, so now, as an entrepreneur, I don't have to work 24-7. I don't have to work from the minute I open my eyes to the minute I go to bed, which used to be my bad habit. You know, my workday can end at 6, 7 o'clock. You know, I can start my workday at 10, 11, depending on what time I, I take on my clients, which gives me 
the time for my extensive self-care routine, but I'll be totally honest, the last couple months, probably since we've moved into this new home, my my self-care hasn't been as um, on point as it was uh, a few months ago, but it was pretty extensive. Did you know Black Girl Burnout has a YouTube channel now? We created this channel to give you even more bonus content, things you will not find on the podcast like Hey Girl Chats. This is where we build community through conversation with ordinary women like you and myself. It's informal, it's fun. We guarantee you're going to love it. Also on the channel will be affirmations dropped monthly as well as guided meditations and all our guest interviews. So head over to YouTube and opt in by subscribing to our channel and catch all the new content. I don't know about you, but I have opted out of struggle when it comes to meal prepping and eating high quality food. With ButcherBox, you get incredible deals on premium cuts. Deals as good or hard to come by at the grocery store. I know for myself, I do not like having to plan out everything I eat and then also be concerned about the quality of what I'm eating. When it comes to ButcherBox, it means less trips to the grocery store for me. It means knowing immediately in my freezer what's available and feeling confident about what's in there. It's about the value that ButcherBox offers. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com BGB and use code BGB to choose your free offer and get $20 off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had one extra hour in your day, how would you use it? I know for me, I'd love to read more, spend more time with the people I love, be more efficient in what I do. But the question might be, yes, I'd love extra time, but I don't know what for or how to make that a priority. If you're looking for ways to figure out how to squeeze that extra hour in your day or how to make it a priority, how to figure out what matters most to you, therapy can help you find that. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that having a therapist has been essential to me opting out of struggle. And I would be a hypocrite as a therapist myself if I didn't talk about the benefits of therapy and how much it's helped me personally, but how much I know firsthand it helps others. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched to a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash burnout to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash burnout. Black representation in media means everything to me. Black girl burnout wouldn't exist if I couldn't look to other Black women in this space that came before me for inspiration and education on how to create what I've created. Well, if you're looking for the next generation of influential Black voices, look no further than NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. In this collection, you're going to hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, 
and how people have created world-shifting things out of struggle. I just listened to an episode with Tracy Ellis Ross, where it talked about how she's iconic and she's our favorite rich auntie. The episode was inspirational and educational and, of course, funny. It is important for us to hear ourselves and to understand the power of Black women and their voices and how much we can truly create. This new series by NPR centers the story of us in a way that hasn't traditionally been done. With Black stories, Black truths, you will hear a range of voices as nuanced and as varied as the Black experience itself. And it's also a reminder that our story should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Our lives are filled with compromise. But one area a Black woman should never compromise on is her health. If you're looking for a tool that can help you find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health, check out ZocDoc. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there'll be no compromises because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. All of these doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for the ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. I've used ZocDoc myself to find members of my medical team, and it has been so easy to use and connect with the right providers for me. Go to ZocDoc.com BGB and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash B-G-B. ZocDoc dot com slash B-G-B. Good for you. And and that's part of it, too. There is ebbs and flows to everything. But when you talk about entrepreneurship and exhaustion, that's something you talked about. And this is a theme, like I'm talking to lots of women. And this seems to be a running theme that is is linked to struggle, which is that it's the expectation of exhaustion. And we grew up seeing, you know, our family tired, right? We grew up seeing Black people around us tired. And that's just become embedded in us as this belief that exhaustion, one one guest said equals adulthood, that she just grew up learning. To be an adult means to be tired all the time. That also entrepreneurship and hustling has become synonymous, that you have to hustle, you have to work hard, you have to do all the things which is exhausting, just objectively exhausting and then culturally exhausting and the the reframe. And so it's been it's really nice to hear the way that journey for you and how you've been able to adjust and what the rewards have been for that. And so that leads to like the second kind of question I want to ask you around your professional. And then as we will shift into personal as well, is we talk about opting out on this podcast, you know, opting out of struggle. But then we say you can't if you leave something behind, you got to pick something up, right? You can't opt out of something without opting into something else. And mm-hmm. just like I think the lies and the myths that we've been told to ourselves and that we perpetuate within our culture, that is one of struggle and exhaustion and all those things that that we're really missing our true legacy. That if we look at, you know, study our culture and that it's one of joy, most and foremost, it's joyful. It's also abundant. It's also community. Those are kinds of the things, beauty. It's having those things in our life. That's actually our inheritance. And we have to opt out of the other stuff 
the garbage that distracts us into that. And so in your professional life specifically, I want to ask you, how have you opted into, and we'll just do like joy and abundance, like, but we'll start with joy. How professionally, because I don't think a lot of people expect work to be joyful. I don't think that's an expectation of most people yeah. in this world, right? Yeah. So we'll take joy and then we'll, we'll talk about abundance next. But how have you opted into joy in your professional life? So how I opted into joy in my professional life is when I was doing real estate, I realized that the environment was very negative, that even sometimes the clients were very negative. And I was like, you know what? This energy is not for me. I love looking at houses. I love helping people make the greatest financial decision they probably ever make. But there was a huge portion of that where the energy for me just didn't fit. It didn't feel joyful. It felt miserable and it was making me miserable. And when I started my own healing journey and, you know, I guess personal development, I was like, this feels good. This feels good to me. How can I help other people feel this way. So I was focused on the feeling. And as I grew in personal development, it was all about feeling for me. If it was a speaking engagement or a client, like I don't take on every single client. Not all money is good money. You know, being able to say no, like I've had clients that I've had to fire. I'm like, we are not a good fit. We do not align. You are not worth the stress. I'm sorry. There's no dollar amount that is worth this much stress. So being able to uh, put boundaries in place within my business where I can, I guess, decide on who I work with as clients, being able to, like I said before, when I say no to things that are not a, a hell yeah, it leaves space for me to say yes to people that align. You know, like I get to have conversations almost every day with people that I'm inspired by. I, I get to do things that I enjoy doing within my business. So it doesn't feel like, oh, crap, I have to work today. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like mundane work, even though I may be having, you know, the similar conversations with people on the podcast or as clients. It feels enjoyable to me. So that brings joy into what I do. And then also within the business, being able to delegate things that don't bring me joy. So, for example, um, so I've been doing my podcast for over four years. And but two years ago, I got burnout because I never took a week off. And I said, you know, what? let me start delegating some of these tasks because I don't enjoy editing. I don't enjoy, you know, writing copy for stuff. I don't enjoy those things. So I hire people to do the things I don't enjoy and focused on what I do enjoy. And I learned actually that from Bob Proctor because he was like, figure out what you're good at and just do that. You don't have to do everything else delegate that like this man became a multimillionaire or a billionaire or whatever he did just by focusing on him being good at re-delivering the information that he had learned from someone else ask him to bake a cake he'll tell you no he doesn't know how like just say no to the things you don't enjoy yeah i i think it seems so simple that that sentence and yet the journey to that as you have acknowledged already you know is is anything but simple, right? The journey to know. And for me, that links a lot to abundance mindset. I First of all, I do believe that, you know, my business strategist told me that, shout out to Christine, that the your zone of genius is what, and I've already, be, I always believe that, is what is easy for you and what you're good at. Mm-hmm. It's when you're able to do the things you're good at that come easy to you. And so, so much of success professionally is about knowing that and sticking to that, whether it's just a nine to five job and you're like, I'm going to do the job 
that does those things for me more times than not. And understanding the delegation and the humility to be like, just because I can do it doesn't mean I should, that I can delegate that. But part of that's also tied to abundance mindset, right? Like if you believe you have to let go of things, you talk about saying no to clients and that so you can say yes to the ones that bring you joy and excite you. But you do have to still say the no. And there's a lot of no's that come at you, right? And so for you, how have you opted into abundance in your professional life as well? I think a huge part of being forced to be a product of the product. Like if I'm going to teach my clients how to do anything, I have to be a leader and an example of that. So I had to learn to come out of my comfort zone first and foremost, because it was not easy coming from the struggle life. And now I just totally had a brain blank and forgot your question. No, it's just, how do you opt in? <laughs> 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 we'll say cut, cut for well. But how, how have you, I was asking you about how have you been able to opt into a mindset of abundance, opt into abundance in your professional life? Right. So I feel like it was part of the understanding that I, I learned through Bob Proctor about what is possible because when you're in the struggle life, when you're in survival mode and you need the money or you need to feed your kids or you need to pay your bills, it's hard to say no when someone is offering you money to do something you know how to do. But then when you start to understand energy and manifestation and all these things, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, that doesn't align with me. And it was, again, challenging at first But the more that I started to say no, it was like I would say no to this client over here and focus on helping someone over here and that person would refer somebody else. So the money would come back to me. So I started to see it happen repetitively before I actually believed, oh, I could do this on a regular. No, it is then. (laughs) Because I feel like when you are, how do I say this? When you're on your healing journey, okay, how, how do I simplify this? Basically, we attract what we're in harmony with. Yeah. And I feel like when I was voluntarily riding the struggle bus, I was attracting even clients that were a headache, like the struggle clients that wanted the discount, that wanted to be difficult, that wanted your extra time. And I realized the more that I was saying yes to those things and those type of people, what was I saying no to? So I learned to switch it around and say no to that type of energy and open myself up to, I guess, as I was healing, I was raising the level of the type of people that I was attracting for my business. And I remember the year that I actually got the courage to like increase my prices, like double my prices on my website. And I was like, nobody is ever going to pay me. I was already having hard enough time getting people to pay me my, for my time for these things. And it was not even 24 hours. And it was someone that I knew since I was like probably 12 years old. And she called. And because I was in my healing phase, my phone was on Do Not Disturb, called and come through. She sent a text and she's like, hey, I'm on your website. And I was trying to figure out which package to buy. I just had a quick question. And I was like, er, pardon? <laughs> and I was like, uh, a year ago, I was struggling to get people to pay me like three figures for an hour. And she's on my website trying to figure out which like four or five figure package to purchase right now on the spot. So little things like that started to happen for me to, I guess, more embrace the saying no to to certain business. But I feel like now 
I'm blessed where the conversations that I get to have, like I said, you know, on the podcast or with clients, it's with people that I resonate with or people that I feel I can actually help or people that appreciate my time, my energy. Um, even with my publishing business, I, I found the difficult clients that I've had because my focus has been to intentionally empower women. Whenever I take on those male clients and sometimes because I get them from, um, like I, I partner with a ghostwriter, but the male clients, they, I don't know if it's the ego, if they have some healing to do, I don't know what it is, but they come with a lot of extra energy. And uh, I've said to myself, I am no longer taking on any clients that I have not properly, I'm going to say, uh, vetted, like had a conversation with to see if we energetically align. Because if they are like a headache during our 15-minute call, no, thank you. Keep your money. I'm good. Yeah, that, that makes all the difference. And, you know, you talk about energetic alignment, uh, energetic like matching and meeting, meeting um, and matching energies. And I think for folks too, the other way we talk about it in this podcast is an alignment of values. Like what is important to you and making sure that is in line first with whatever work you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're nine to five, you're an entrepreneur, but that's the unlocking of abundance. It's like, it's, it's making sure you're okay first, right? And that you are very clear on what you want, which is what you had to learn. And then the more shows up and then having the courage to kind of think that you deserve more, push for more, go for more. And it's a lifelong journey. Like I, I really appreciate your vulnerability and saying that even to this day, you're like, I just had to make a decision because I realized that look at me taking on clients. I don't, there will be more. And that, you know, the affirmation that I've had for myself this year and that's running through the podcast is that, you know, there is more and more and still more. And it has been something that I've had to tell myself daily professionally when I'm making some very hard choices. And I'm realizing like intuitively, uh, no, that client wasn't the one, that project wasn't the one. Learning the hard way. Yep. My first gut reaction was the right reaction and that journey. But the end point is abundance, which is, you know, you are not just financially abundant, but and we're going to talk about this next, but it seems like your your work life alignment's a lot better. That again, it's both in the tangible things like your bank account and the intangible, like peace of mind, not working with clients that you can't stand, right? Mm -hmm. Or feeling like you're constantly like your life isn't your own, having no ownership of your life because it's taken over by tasks or uh, responsibilities. And so I want us to do our last kind of conversation about how that is showing up, opting out and opting in is showing up in your personal life. So that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't, subscribe and follow the podcast. We're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that is chock full of goodness and updates, as well as first access to all the giveaways we do here at Black Girl Burnout. Are you following us on our socials? If not, what are you waiting for? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Burnout and on Twitter at BLK Girl Burnout. Last but not least, make our day and leave a review. Your five stars truly Give me and the team so much energy and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, 
take care of yourself and take care of each other.